This morning we're going to be continuing our sermon series on forgiveness, and we're going to be reading from the gospel according to Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, um, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for this time. this opportunity that you've given us to be able to, to gather together, some here in this room and some sitting in their homes but still joining with us. We pray that you bless this time. We've already felt blessed this morning. Smiles and handshakes and well wishes. We felt your presence through music and laughter. And now we pray that as we turn to your scriptures, that your Holy Spirit might begin to stir in us. And that we might be transformed and the people that you've called and created us to be. Lord, this morning it weighs heavy on my heart that I've probably been praying that for 20 years and I still am just who I am. Mold us. Through your grace and your mercy, your love, your joy, your justice and your righteousness make us living images so that others can come to experience you through us. So this morning I pray that you would hide me behind your cross because I am not yet who you want me to be. Let us experience you. Maybe even in spite of me. Pray all this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So, something's really on my heart. Um, I, I don't know when it started, but I've become very aware of it, more so recently, is what, is what seems to pass for Christianity. Somehow, 
we, I think, we're more a reflection of the world than we are of Christ. I think we live in a world right now, and I can only speak for my portion of it, right? Like, I mean, when I say we live in the world, I'm not talking about what's going on over in other countries. Maybe I'm just talking about what's going on in my own neighborhood, um, my own community, my own country, is we're angry. There's a lot of anger. And then what happens, I think, is that somewhere along the lines, we get people, it seems that we've started to think that Christianity is like this righteous indignation towards the world. And that it's our responsibility to point out where people fall short. Um, and and, and we, we talk a lot about love. But I, I think somehow we're able to twist that. Right? Like, Otherwise, how could, and I'm talking about just in general as people, in other words, how could somebody abuse somebody that they profess to love and then say that it's because they love them? Right? So we've twisted love. And so for us to just continue to talk about how as Christians we're called to love, I'm afraid what happens is that we, we sometimes apply our own twisted understanding of what that means, right? And so we start thinking about things like, well, if you truly love somebody, you're going to point out all their faults. Because you love them so much that you want them to become better. Um, if somebody loves me that way, please don't. Um, and then... I don't know if you, maybe, maybe it's just because I'm hearing it on the, and I'm trying not to, right? Like, I'm not on social media. Um, and so I try to avoid it, but people, well-meaning people, try to tell me that, you, I know you're not on social media, so you probably didn't see this, and then they tell me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, th thank you. Um, right, so... But it's on social media, it's, it's in the news, um, and some of it's kind of close to home, and maybe that's why it's on my heart, but like, who are, who are the Christians against this week? Um, you know, if, so like, if I'm a, if I'm a Christian Democrat, well, I'm against the, the, the Republicans, or if I'm a Christian Republican, then I'm against the Democrats. Um, if, if there's not a political thing going on, then I'm going to just make up some people that I need to be against. Um, and if I do it really well, maybe um, it, it'll get blasted all over social media and I'll become a, a little mi micro-celebrity. But that's not what Christianity is about. Um... The goal of all of this, when we talk about love, and we, is, is this. And I, if we get back to Jesus, which is where I'm trying, I'm trying to get, okay? Um, it, it, I think if we can get back there, we're going to find that, that the goal of all this is healing, 
reconciliation and redemption in our lives. And anything else is not Christianity. Forgiveness is about those things. And Jesus is about forgiveness. Now, I think often what happens is, and maybe this is what's happened, is it's just built up over time, but there's little hurts that we feel. I've been slighted. I've been ignored. Someone gave me a little jab with their words, a little look. We, we, we start to feel these little hurts. And, and sometimes we're the ones that are giving those little hurts. Or maybe others are feeling it because of us. But, but I believe that often those little hurts are only my false perceptions and misunderstandings. Like, like maybe I'm, I'm sitting somewhere and, I, and I, all of a sudden I feel embarrassed and I look over and I see, uh, um, let's, just say, let's just say I'm over here and something happens, I drop, I do something, and I look over here and I see Corey and Charity laughing. And all of a sudden I'm, I get mad at them because I think they're laughing at me. You know what I'm saying? Like that happens all, all the time. Or sometimes and often what happens is that uh, I'm hurt because not of what you did, but because of my expectations of what you should have done. I'm often hurt more by my expectations than I am by your actions. And so be careful when people have high expectations of you because you're going to let them down and you're going to hurt them. So how do we avoid holding on to the anger or irritation or resentment that comes from these little hurts that we, that we feel each day because we have to. We cannot be angry anymore. We can't be angry. It's killing us. Literally killing us. Are we shooting each other more, more often than we ever have? In fact, we don't even really hear about it in the news anymore. When it first started happening, we were shocked. Now it's just another night of the news. As Christians, we have got to be the first to stop being angry. And, and how do we need... How often, I guess, the question is, and this is what Jesus is answering, and this is what Peter's asking, how often do we need to be willing to engage in this acts of forgiveness? Right? Peter asked the question, and Jesus' answer reminds us that our lives are meant to be characterized by grace and forgiveness. Because honestly, often others aren't even aware that we feel that we've wronged them, that we've been wronged. Don't even know it. Because they're not living according to your expectations. They're living according to theirs. And let's be honest for a moment, too. Often my expectations of others are way higher than they are of myself.
And so sometimes they don't even know that they need to ask for forgiveness. So somewhere along the way, we've got to find the capacity to just let go. Just let go. But how do we do that? I think one of the first things we can do is, is maybe, like, like, let's just imagine that we're hurting people and we don't even know we're doing it. I think one of the first things we can do is be a little more careful with what we say and what we post. Here's a simple, here's a simple thing. It's a real simple thing. Before you say anything, before you do anything, before you post anything, before you repeat anything, Ask yourself this, is this going to tear a person down or is this going to build a person up? If I go on and I post about how such and such or this group of people are idiots, is that building somebody up or is it tearing somebody down? And don't answer, well, it builds me up. (laughs) It sure makes me feel better about me. I know somebody who feels better about themselves by tearing other people down. It's a horrible way to live. Or at least it's a horrible way to live around that person. But, but how, do we, how do we do this, right? So, okay, this is silly. In fact, even when I went back and looked at it again this week, I thought, well, this is ridiculous, but it's an acronym that I came across about 10 years ago. And um, I try to remember this. It's, it's RAP. <laughs> R-A-P. RAP. The first part of that is to remember your own shortcomings. Right? When, when you feel that somebody's offended you, stop and consider how many times you've done the exact same thing to somebody else. Denise's mom cracks me up because whenever we, like, and she does it to the girls more um, than me, but she's done it to me too. Whenever you start feeling a little self-righteous, she'll just look at you and say, you're no prize either. (laughs) It's helpful, right? You're no prize either. Yeah, I might have to go back and say, now, Nancy, did that build me up or tear me down? All right? <laughs> but re- remember, right? Like, remember that you're not perfect either. And don't just give lip service to it, right? Like, don't say, well, we're all sinners. Be specific. <laughs> right? Like, how have you? And I'm not saying now start sharing with everybody around you, but think about it to yourself. Don't just say, well, I too am a sinner. But like, okay, do you talk about people? Hmm. Do you judge people? Are you pretty sure that you're better than so-and-so because they do this and you don't? If that's the case, let me tell you about a story about a Pharisee. I'm just kidding. Jesus told the story. You can find it. Um, But remember, the next part of rap is assume. This is one that we've actually adopted as part of our staff. Assume the best of each other. Assume the best of the person who you feel has slighted you. You know, perhaps they're dealing with something today that's got them really upset. We don't know. 
Have you ever been, have you ever been to a restaurant and it seems like the waitress is, is rude or the waiter is really rude to you? And you're like, well, that's going to be reflected in their tip. But you don't know what happened to them. They could, have find, they could have found out that morning that their significant other was cheating on them. Child could have been arrested. Somebody could be failing out of school. I mean, there's a number, like we could just go on and on and on with the things that happen in our lives. We have no idea what happened. Let's assume for a moment that they're actually really good at what they do and they're actually a really kind person. And maybe then let's take a moment and just thank them. And I'm not saying thanks for the crappy service today. I'm saying like... Thank you so much for taking the time to bring me my pancakes while I'm here at Cracker Barrel. Or if you come on Fat Tuesday and we're that way. Okay, so. And then finally, the P part is to pray for them. Right? Because if you're assuming that the best about them and maybe they're just having a bad day, pray for them. Lord, I don't know what's going on in their lives right now. They seem to be a little off their game. Be with them. Bring your grace, your peace, your mercy. And then sometimes remember that the answer to your prayers, like to bring grace and peace and mercy, is actually you. And you never know, you might change that person's complete day or week. Now this will work with the small slights, right? But again, like we talked about in the last couple of weeks, there's, sometimes there's bigger ones. Right? And so, so sometimes we have to remember that forgiving is not the same thing as condoning. All right? Let's just, so let's just get that out there. Forgiving is not the same thing as condoning. If you're in a situation where you have become a, 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 a doormat, get out. Don't feel like you've got to continue to allow that to happen because you're trying to be forgiving. Forgiving does not dismiss consequences. So, for example, if one of my children, when they're younger, maybe even today, but if they do something wrong and they get grounded, I'm not doing it because I'm like, it's not retribution. Right? But it's a, it's a way of teaching and forming the character so that they can avoid sort of repeating those same mistakes. Because remember what forgiveness is actually about. Forgiveness is actually about restoring relationships, restoring people, redeeming. Which then sort of leads us to this next thing, if we think about it in terms of redemption and restoration, Forgiving doesn't require repentance, but sometimes it actually does. Right? So, so like little things over and over and over again, sometimes they need to be discussed. You might need to pull somebody aside and say, look, I know you mean this as a joke, but it's hurting me. Right? And sometimes extending mercy, if we do it too quickly, we may actually harm the wrongdoer and not allow redemption and restoration to take place. Because healing doesn't happen after a day. 
So sometimes you need to heal, but so do they. Think about this. This might be a silly example. But how many of us drove by West Wilson um, Middle School and thought, when in the world are they going to fix that thing? Right? But but here's my understanding, is that there was a lot of debate and discussion about what actually should be done to the building. Because there was damage. To what extent? Is the metal inside twisted? And part of it that's still standing? And so the integrity of the building is, is in disarray? And so you need to spend some time examining that and thinking about that. Because if all you do is start throwing up drywall again, the whole thing can collapse. So sometimes it takes time to really do some internal investigating and not just throwing up drywall on it. Because if we do, if we just kind of throw the drywall up, do you know what I'm talking about now? I've switched to us as people. Okay. So like if all we do is try to cover it, we actually can end up doing way more damage than if, we, if we're not allowed to sit with it for a while. And through the grace of God and the work of friends and family, all of these things may eventually be turned into something redemptive and beautiful. Because remember, the goal in all of this as Christians is healing, reconciliation, and redemption in our lives. Because anything else isn't Christian. So in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus assumes there's going to be times of conflict in the community. He was forming. So he gives advice on how we should seek reconciliation. He's already spoken of this earlier in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Let me go back there and read it. I've got to get my glasses on, though, if I'm going to read from the Bible. So in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, 23 and 24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This part of, of Christian discipleship, that we, it shows that we initiate the process of reconciliation when we've wronged someone or even just when they feel we've wronged them. Like, if, someone, if you know someone's upset with you, don't say, well, that's their fault. I didn't do anything. That's their problem. No. Reconcile. And then in Matthew chapter 18, a little bit before where we are, verses 15 and 17, it says this, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. Privately. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. Some versions say you've made a friend. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Jesus 
went on to tell his disciples that if someone else wronged them and the other person didn't come forward to make amends, it was the disciples' responsibility to initiate reconciliation. Jesus' admonition had two parts. We were to initiate reconciliation, not waiting for the other, and we're not to tell our friends about the wound inflicted upon us by another. But instead, speak directly to them. Don't say, let me tell you what Jeff did. Come and tell Jeff what he did. Again, the goal of all this is healing, reconciliation, and redemption in our lives and the lives of those around us. Anything else is not of Christ. It takes a willingness and it takes work. But the rewards are huge. And on the other side of the process is freedom for you and for others. Amen.